Meow. What's going on? What's going on, bitch? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's been a week. Yeah, man, it's been it's been a week, it's, and it's been an unbelievable weekend as yeah. well. You know how some people when they when they go and they go to these events like these long events like Coachella, Ultra, whatever it is, the three you know festivals, or they, yeah. or they do something like for three days in a row, and it's just beating down on them and kicking their ass, and then they're like, "I'd never do this again." Like I am. I can't wait. If it was next week again, I'd be all over it again next week, man. This was an absolutely unbelievable experience. Well, that and, makes and, one of us. So. Yeah. Well, and, and we spoke about that. Though. Different experiences. That. Different experiences. Well, we spoke about that. I'm like, dude, next time you just got to come on this side and be a spectator instead. Uh, yeah, it was. See, it was I, I'm the other direction. I need you on the other side with me so I don't have to do everything myself. <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, nonetheless, uh, a pretty incredible experience from both ends, huh? Yeah, no, it was awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm being, hopefully I can tell, being sarcastic. It was an amazing experience uh, covering it as, as press. And, you know, you do go, I will say the one thing over time when I first got there, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's here. And, that guy, and then by the end of it, you're like, like I was telling Jazz earlier, I walked right past Felipe Massa on the way out and... Was like, hey, it's Felipe Massa, and didn't even like think twice about it. And meanwhile, all the fans were like yelling at him to take pictures, and it's just one, it's why you get used to like just seeing famous people standing right. next to you. It's uh, yeah, and it's it, it hits kind of different because you're just like, well, I've already seen, and half the time you've probably seen half of those guys walk back and forth, and you're just like, all right, cool, yeah. man. And, yeah. and also, you're working, so it's kind of just right. different, you know. You gotta gotta get the the content. You don't you're not gonna miss the press conference because you're like staring at kevin magnuson like that's yeah, not... let's be honest a lot of those people they want to be left alone for the most part no right? no, no we don't well well when you're when you're media you don't talk to them anyway you're not really right. supposed to unless it's within a you know a formalized okay these are the times when you can get those interviews so like you're not allowed to talk to them but they're getting obviously bugged by all the the uh, filthy rich people who plop down five figures to go stand in the paddock um so uh right. so they're getting swamped by them but yeah no you just uh, Jazz talked about this earlier, but definitely you know the basketball players because they're taller than everyone else, the ones that are just hanging out in the paddock. But uh, it's a yeah, it's it was a hell of an experience, hell of an experience. I would say yeah. the coolest thing is uh, first of all, check it out on the YouTube stream. I I interviewed uh, the head of Pirelli Motorsports uh, last night, and so uh, he's a great guy. It was a great interview, but what I didn't realize what happened because it was so late when I left. The right. pit lane, the paddock was deserted, um, and it's at night, and like a few of the teams, I know Williams, I think Alfa Romeo have like light up, uh, I think Pirelli actually does too, like light up right. on the garage, and just like walking through the pit lane, basically by myself, the paddock, I mean not the pit lane, the pit lane's on the other side, but walking through the paddock at night basically by myself, Right. that, that was insane, because there's always people milling about, even before they let the fans in. There's still people working there, but they got curfew at night. They can't work. So by the time I was done interviewing the Pirelli guys, like most of the workers had gone to, it was just like completely empty, em empty. Uh, and then you know you're walking, walking through, uh, walking through there. It was just totally cool. Hey, thanks, Jack, and thanks for listening. Yeah, I mean, I had, I had ten minutes and uh and I and I use them. Um, in fact, they were running late. Uh oh. Jazz, if you don't see the comments, is what I'm talking about. Um, they were running late, and uh, apparently the last guy had they had said he, you know, they they scheduled in ten minute blocks, and uh, he had taken twenty. 
So I was like, I'm yeah, definitely that's, not doing that's that. A good, that's a good complaint to have, though, right? I mean, hey, it wasn't long enough, you know? That's yeah, actually, that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, but he was, he was very, they were appalled. It was actually kind of cool. I got to hang out with some of their, uh, like, their, because they, they, they said, oh, come on, sit down. Uh, they had like an outdoor seating room, which is where I did the interview, which is why you get a little bit of the background noise of kind of the wind and stuff. But um, so I was just hanging out with some of the Pirelli guys, like a bunch of like authentic Italians, of <laughs> shooting the shit, talking about the. I mean, everyone the whole weekend talking about the weather. It's so hot here. Uh, do you think it's gonna rain? It looks like it's gonna rain. I'm like, it always looks like it's gonna rain. That doesn't yeah, mean right. it's gonna actually rain. <laughs> We got, we got a little bit of we got a little, got bit, of little bit of rain, a little bit of rain before yeah. the race. Um, but yeah, and I was like, that's, that's you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. And and one of the guys was saying it's like the only time they feel heat like this is in Budapest. Right. Um, so interesting. Anyway, anyways, yeah, so, uh, so that was my side. Now your side yeah. was, was the was uh, was 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 I'll, actually I'll, getting to see the racing. I'll be really short because you know we definitely want to keep this short because we are going to have a, a, a big show. Uh, Wednesday with everybody in the pit crew, Nick and, and Moni and, and Manny and, and the whole entire crew. So uh, we just wanted to give you a really quick hitter on our experience um, being there. Um, it's not that, uh, you know, the guys back home uh, won't be able to. I mean, they, they saw it from a different perspective as well. So I think it's going to be exciting to hear everybody's take. Uh, but just uh, just being there uh, the whole weekend, myself and Vish, um, <clears throat> it's 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 surreal. It really is like you know, you, you, I, th I think you go in expecting one thing and um, it's just, it's a little bit different than what you're expecting, to be honest. You know, you're, you're, you're expecting obviously the Miami, uh, the Miami-ness to come out, but uh, it, it was just, it was just, it's, it's almost hard to describe, um, you know, everybody, uh, you know, different cultures, just everybody kind of just mixed in and you see people from Australia there, from New Zealand, you, you know, we, we met a guy that was wearing, uh, a New Zealand giddy-up. So you had the flag on, which by the way, I'm representing here my Ferrari, uh, my Tifosi. But, um, I mean, he was decked out in New Zealand gear um, or, or Aussie gear, one of the other, obviously, you know, big um, big uh, Ricardo fans, which we'll get into. But you just saw a lot of really interesting people just, just cheering on all of their teams and all of their racers. And um, um, it was nice to see. It was fun. It was exciting. You know, we were on turn, turn 18, so we got to see turn 17, which is a really sharp turn right after the long straightaway heading into the uh, finish line. So uh, it was some overtaking there. Um, one being, uh, I believe it was uh, Russell and Hamilton kind of going at it, <laughs> two teammates. Um, and then there was some midfield action also with the Haas cars and um, Aston Martin and, uh, and uh, McLaren as well. So, I mean, look, there was a lot of action going on. Um, and I, I think that they, that Miami, um, the Miami Dolphins, Tom Garfinkel, whoever was involved in this did an absolutely incredible job. Um, I, th I think people don't understand what it takes to put together something like this, because you see in some other races, it's, it's really, it's, it's the race and there isn't really much around it, right? It's not, it's not, a, a, they don't showcase their city like, like we did. And, and, and that goes to show you, man, how proud you know, Miami is of their city, uh, whether it's in Miami gardens or in the beach, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Like the point is that, you know, we were able, we were able to really, you know, kind of showcase um, how exciting it is to be in Miami for an event like this. Um, none of the, none of the action, as far as like the activations for concerts and all that were going on during racing. Right. So again, it was still all about the races 
And I think that's what other people had the misconception that this was going to be like an absolute con, uh, you know, concert and, and going crazy and all that. No, man. I mean, this is all about the races. They, and they did have activations, you know, aside from that, which were fun. It keeps fans entertained. It keeps them going. It keeps them, you know, and quite frankly, keeps them spending money and, and, um, and having a good time. And that's what it's all about. Now, I will mention, uh, Fernie, you did, you, what you just posted, the logistics were, yes, they were pretty insane. And uh, Vish has mentioned this before. It's because the stadium is right right there, and it kind of screws everything up. It screws up all the plans. you got to go over some bridges. But I will say this. That day three today was a walk in the park compared to the other two days. Like we got there and we knew where everything was. So it was like, all right, oh, here's a shortcut to get from here to here. And now you're like, wait, wow, that was quick. Whereas, you know, yesterday, the day before, it took us an hour to get from place to place or an hour and a half. And so you're, you're walking, uh, you know for miles and miles. So no, it's, it was a little bit of a different experience today. The weather was actually a little bit better because it was a little more overcast and the rain and it was still hot as hell, but um, it was fun. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and the race didn't, didn't really disappoint either with some action um, in the beginning, uh, a little bit in the middle, obviously with the, uh, with the, with the caution, with the flags, the safety cars. And then at the end, uh, Leclerc giving it all to, to kind of, um, uh, creep up on Max, but just Max was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and I know I kept saying this, and it's not because I'm a Ferrari fan, but I think the driver of the day was definitely Carlos Sainz uh, holding off Checo in those last, uh, I guess, what it was, 16 laps after after the uh, after the safety car um, left, and we got the green flag again. So it, it was it was interesting. It was exciting. Um, I don't know this. I guess you know. For a couple yeah, of we'll minutes, we'll do. Let, yeah, we'll we'll do a. We'll, we're gonna do a full race recap on Wednesday. I know the other pit crew members will have thoughts. So, but just real quickly, to me, it, this this was Max's race. The fact that he didn't really get to run in practice on Friday, um, you know, had issues and was able to, and then you know had the mistake in qualifying, putting him third. And if he doesn't get signs off the start. He's gonna get stuck behind because I think they would have used uh, used signs as a blocking maneuver um, yeah. to to allow Leclerc to, to build a gap and and he he took him right off the, the line and then even Leclerc in the, in the press conference afterwards um, said I didn't like Max kind of caught him off guard when we overtook him because like I didn't think you could overtake there I didn't think there would be grip and he found grip somehow um, yeah. then he opened that gap and 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 um, even after the the safety car bunched him back up. He never really, I mean, Leclerc sat in his DRS for a while, but couldn't really make a dent in it. And, and, um, I thought he was just brilliant. And I think the, the, the race itself did wane a little bit in the middle part before the safety car. But I think the reason it did is cause Max was too good. So like there was overtaking possible on that track. Right. Not when Max is that good though. Like no one was going to catch him and yeah. pass him. So, and by so, the way, uh, I don't know if I totally agree with what uh, Fernie's saying here, that Carlos, the only way he held him off was because of the power failure, um, and he lost the four seconds. Uh, look. Actually, I'll, I'll just respond to that real quickly. Yeah, that, that was, ended up being irrelevant um, because because of the safety car bunched them back up. Now, now, now if you're saying, because Sainz had that issue in the pit stop, um, which, right. by the way, the Italians, so most people are kind of just watching the, the race in the press room, like, you know, you're supposed to be neutral. The Italians are very effusive, let's put it that way. When they mess that pet stuff up, I mean, I don't necessarily speak Italian in no profanity, but I'm going to just guess that that's what came out of their mouth. Um, right. But uh, 
but that, yeah, if if Checo did not have the power issue, he would have overtaken signs in the pit. Um, right. But I think what, what Jazz is talking on specifically is that section where Checo was able to get a free pit stop. He was the only one in the top four that could pit and come out in the same position under the safety car. The other ones had to choose between giving up race position or staying on the old tires. He didn't have to make that choice. And he frankly should have been able to take signs in the ten laps that he had to do, and he couldn't. And he couldn't. Yeah, and that was that was kind of kind of interesting. It was it was the, impressive, the, obviously so, on science part, but but it was uh, a. So that was long. not that was not lasting. They were able to resolve it. They switched some setting, and it went in it in his car. Uh, he did not. He the the he lost four seconds, I think, on one or two laps, which is again why he was not in position to overtake signs when Ferrari screwed up signs it's a pit stop but by the time he was on on him at the end he was they had fixed it they had long since fixed if using four seconds a lap I mean he would have been at the back of the field right uh and, and I mean and not only that um when they switched back to the hard tires uh even Max was saying that him and him and Leclerc were very much even it just so happened that he had a little bit of a of a lead on him, and um, he just couldn't catch him at the end. I mean, Max was just too fast. Obviously, you know, he had an absolutely brilliant race coming from from P three, all you know, and and coming up and winning it. But uh, you can tell, you can tell that he's just, you know, he's just faster than everybody. But I think that switch with the hard tires um, at the end made it look a little closer. It was more competitive, and of course, the safety car uh, kind of helped that cause as well. So, yeah. I mean that that bunched the field back up. Um, absent that, I, the top the top four actually stayed the same. I think after that, you would have seen a pretty different uh, grid than than where we finished. I think five down is where the safety car really impacted. Yep. Um, I won't get into many. Specifics. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna yeah. obviously dive deep into the race, but I did. I I mean we did kind of touch a little bit on driving. I saw Jack said, "Hey, come on, don't don't come in here and not." recognize Max's greatness and he was my driver of the day so once you open the door I did have to at least do that uh but yeah I think the track itself was fine I think the the issue was the this year the car spread has not been there like it was at this race I guess I forget which race it was one of them Leclerc just ran away with it um I felt like Max had that ability in the car today and and yeah. it doesn't matter what track it's on if the guy in is able to take the lead and he's that much faster than everyone else it's not going to make an interesting race I don't, know, I don't know if you guys saw it on TV, uh, Fernie or anybody else is here uh, checking this out now, but um, that turn 17 was, it, it was just, it was hit or miss. Every single time they came around that turn, everybody was holding their breath in my section, just kind of waiting for someone to spin out or oversteer or, or hit the wall because it's so, it was so narrow. It's such a sharp turn, especially coming from the quickest straightaway that there is, you know, probably in, 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 in all circuits that is one of the quickest, at least uh, they're hauling ass down that straightaway. And then all of a sudden they've got the break and make a sharp, sharp turn there on turn 17 going into 18 and 19. Um, and that's an opportunity there. And I mean, what we saw was incredible driving around that area. Uh, you did see a little bit of skidding, but if you're looking right over it, you're just noticing that how hard it was to drive around that sharp ass turn and, and 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 by the way and to kind of counter what you were saying what you know what everybody was talking about with um with max just being that much faster Le leclerc apparently said that he was having a hard time driving his car as well 
So, I mean, considering all of those things, I think that it was still a really, really, really competitive race. Um, Max was just absolutely unbelievable. So yeah, I, I mean, if, if, uh, if, well, I just went really blurry, but, well, yeah, uh, if, right. if, uh, if, um, if Carlos had held Max off at the start, I think there's an opportunity for, uh, for, um, fix this, um, for, for, you know, Leclerc to open a gap up, but right. Max was just, was better on the day. He, again, he overtook in a place where Leclerc was said i didn't think there would be grip there like he he basically made that move um and and so i i just i mean i don't think ferrari had much for them and as has been mentioned uh you know where red bull is stronger is in a straight line which makes it more difficult to overtake right. anyway for for ferrari so so it's max's day um and yeah he was he was too good which i think in a way made the racing a little bit maybe more quote-unquote boring um, then, you know, the track lent itself to. Because I think if the cars were closer together, you would have seen a lot more overtaking. He just ran away with it. Yeah, he did. And you're right. You're right, Vish. I think if uh, Carlo, if Sainz holds off Max, at least the first couple laps, Leclerc might be able to open up a little bit of a gap and make it a little more interesting. So, um, Right, especially since Max, in the, in the post-press conference, yeah. which I attended... Um, he did, he did say, you know, on the hards, their pace seemed to be a lot closer. You said on the mediums, especially towards the end. And and Leclerc said the same thing. Um, the Ferrari's got an issue where the end of life on the mediums, they drop off pretty bad. Um, and he said it, we actually said all the softer compounds and they were C2 to C4 here. Um, so it was kind of the middle tire, but he said, you know, they have an issue there. And that's why Max was able to close the gap and overtake him and open it actually um, up and, and before he uh, I, the pit I, stops and and I think so I think if Leclerc had been able to maintain the lead going into the first round of pit right. stops he might have been able to hold Max the rest of the race. I think it's interesting to to note also that it seems like Leclerc does have a slight issue with tire degradation. Um, we've spoken about it before and it's happened to him before this year already. Uh, but he had the same issue today, right? I mean, and I think Max noticed it that his right front, um, his front right tire, right? It was a right tire. It was, was the right um, tire. Yeah. yeah, he was having issues with it, and Max oh. took advantage of it, and that's exactly what you know the best race, the race, the best race driver in the world is going to do. Um, so take advantage of those situations. But I think that's something that Leclerc is going to have to figure out if he wants to continue to to kind of. I just think it's the that. nature of the car. The car. Yeah. I mean. They're, they're, I think Max knows it, and 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 Ferrari knows it. The, they they wear the tires out, and that's, that's. I mean, they they both said it, so I think they yeah. both kind of know it. It's just one of the, the the downsides to the car. Um, so, I mean, um, I, yes, yes, Jack. I think he could have passed him in a few laps, but um, and, and like I said, I, I I don't know if he could have built enough of a gap that that Max couldn't catch him, but I think it might have made for a more competitive. Race down the road, right? In the, in the so it's race. actually so. I, the, the so the first the I, I do think the the first part. Um, so the amount of time that Max ended up opening up, I believe, in the first pit stop was what three and a half, four seconds, or yeah. something like that. Um, so the question is, if you delay that, um, 
if you delay that overtake, let's say Signs holds him up for yeah a few laps, he would have gotten past Signs eventually, obviously, yeah. right? So how long does that take, right? And then how much of his tire does he use up to do that? Because he had to use none of it to just pass him on the start finish line. How much is left in Max's tire when he catches up to Leclerc a few laps later? Is he able to overtake him or does he get stuck behind him a few laps? Right. Those are things that come into play, and I, I, it doesn't assume no safety car. It actually kind of assumes it's still there. If Leclerc was able to come out of the first round of pit stops in front, both Leclerc and Max said on the hards there wasn't really a pace difference. Right. Um, it was really at that that second part of the medium stint. So if he, if he was not able to catch and pass in there, he might have had trouble. With it. I mean, Max was faster all week, and I said this actually. Um, just when I was side chatting with Jazz, we weren't live or anything, that Max's qualifying lap before the track had evolved on a much slower surface was very competitive with Leclerc and Sainz. So he did that with a uh, with his first qualifying lap, because the second one he screwed up. Um, and so I felt like he had the pace in the car. And, and once Definitely. he got out in front, it was gone. So really the question is, could there have been, um, could there have been a um, you know a situation where Leclerc in the slower car could have held off Max, right? And and that's kind of what we're looking at. Yeah, um, I think that. So again, uh, just just to get, <laughs> I mean, we have one viewer and he's asking us questions or two, um, but um, so. No, I I think Max would have eaten the time up once he got past signs. I just it wouldn't have it signs in. I mean, uh, Leclerc in front would not have been able to open the gap. Um, the question is whether he could have, if he could have gotten onto the hards around in front of Max, could he have held him off? Because the pace difference between the two was not as great on the hards, and that's what we're talking about. He would not have been able to run away like Max did. This is what I want to end off with. Um, basically, what Fernie said. Uh, next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to invest in in some really amazing seats because this was an absolutely incredible event. Um, I think the just the city, um, whether it's Miami Gardens, City of Miami, the Miami Dolphins, whoever, you know, everybody that put this together, they did an incredible job, and I think it's only going to get better from here. Remember, this is the inaugural, right? The inaug inaugural Grand Prix here in Miami, so I can just see this event just getting tweaked and getting better and better and making an even better fan experience. So um, with that being said, I mean, it was, it was an absolutely incredible experience. Um, and I think that, uh, no, you don't even need binoculars, man. Honestly, you don't, you're not where, not where any of the grandstands, you don't need binoculars. If you ask me, you've got so much action right in front of your face all the time. You see the cars clearly who's coming through. Um, I, I really don't think you need them. So I think that it's it's awesome. Every every angle that you sat in, you can see the race perfectly. Yeah, and I and I, I saw nothing. So there was that. <laughs> yeah, he, this is the one that might need the binoculars. I mean, there's no there's no line of sight. Um, so uh, so that when you're in the when you're when you're covering for a for a press, you actually don't see the race uh, on the track because you're sitting in front of like a data screen with you get all the telemetry and all the, the, the timing sequences and they've got, obviously got the race on as well. And you kind of have all these screens feeding you data so you can write about it. Right. Um, and you don't actually see the cars running. So, that, so. that I do agree with. You definitely need to be in the shade because it was hot as yeah. hell. Uh, and, and maybe down the road they, they, they figure out a way to make it a night race. I think that would be 
I, I, uh, I, I still think that that'll be a challenge with the uh, with the time differences to Europe because they do like to put. I mean, they basically do not race in the middle of night in Europe, and that's what. We're and doing. I know what you're gonna say to this, but the hell with that, all right? Because they make the races, and we have to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning to watch their races. Well, then stay up a little early, all right? I know what you're gonna say. It's a European sport, yada yada yada. I don't care. Make it a night race. No, Let's it's do it. it's not. It's it's about money. So. You put a race on if you yeah if you put a race on at like eight p.m. here and it's like two a.m. in in Europe they lose a bunch of money. You put it on at three p.m. here and it's nine p.m. there they watch it and we watch it. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's, it's why it's why in this in this country the West Coast gets screwed on timings. Yeah. Well, what if <laughs> what if we did what if we did like a six p.m. show but we had to change it when there's daylight savings? I don't even know if that exists anymore. Uh, I'm just trying to. I don't know. We gotta check um, with Rubio. Yeah, <laughs> he's been trying to get rid of that for years. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, um, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. Really quick, kind of getting our perspective uh, as we yeah, were as, there. as at the race. And, yeah. uh, we'll definitely have a full uh, race breakdown uh, post uh, post race recap, I guess, um, with uh, with the whole pit crew on Wednesday at 9:30 p.m. Uh, make sure you check us out there. Follow us on Twitter at f1 underscore five reasons. And um, we'll see you guys on Wednesday night. See you guys later. See you.